30 minutes, 10 questions. Welcome to the Millionaire's Hot Seat. My name is Melissa Kravacic and I am your host for the next 30 minutes. You'll want to take notes so you can have more money, more clients, and more love, success, and happiness. My guest today is Judy Robinette. Judy, are you ready to take the hot seat? Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So let's do this. How do you keep your mind sharp, focused, and in the right space to accomplish your goals both personally and professionally? Um, you know, I learned a long time ago that I'd better take care of my body and, and eat well and, and exercise and those things are important, but probably on top of my list is I'm a learner. Uh, and all successful entrepreneurs, CEOs, learn. Um, and so that's some of the things that, that I really do. I also have six horses, a couple of them are in my backyard right here in Idaho. Um, and I, you know, I go hiking and I, I ride horses. I'm just three hours from Yellowstone and Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So being outdoors really kind of recharges me. And then I'm, you know, better at being focused. <laughs> okay. So that brings us to the next question. When your mind wanders off, like how do you reframe to get back on track? Like, let's say your dog dies or someone very close to you passes away. Like, what do you do? You know, everybody will deal with loss and, and with suffering. You know, I read somewhere that uh, suffering is God's way to build our character. Um, but, you know, certainly in the first throes of, of a painful death, whether it's a pet or somebody, you're not ever going to be able to focus um, at least for, you know, 48 hours or, or so. Um, if, if you tried to do something, maybe you can hide a little bit of, of your pain, but I would tell you to take care of your heart and soul first um, and understand grief as a process and, and don't try to do anything immediately. The world won't die if you take a week or two weeks off uh, and then you can come back more, more energized, more at peace. I love that. So it's all about like, centering yourself emotionally and then functioning at your highest emotional peak. Yes, yes. And you probably won't be at your highest emotional peak for a while, but you'll be able to, you know, move forward. Uh, you know, if you just take action. I mean, there's been a couple of times in my life that I really hit the wall with a brick to the head. I dumb me as an entrepreneur started a franchise restaurant <laughs> and about seven years into it i thought i was going bankrupt and i went to a bankruptcy attorney just terrified shaking in my boots and he looked at my financials and he said you're not even close and i said i'm broke <laughs> and he said listen they can they can you know hurt you but they can't kill you Mm -hmm. uh, and that really helped me kind of kick fear to the, the curb. And that's been a really good lesson for me to learn. That's awesome. I think we all go through things in our lives that make us better people. Like I married a guy, went to India and found out he had another wife. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> else, bro. like <laughs> oh, honey, thanks for letting me know. Right. Yeah. After my money's converted to rupees. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we all do. I mean, as long as you're alive, you're going to have problems. But something that was also phenomenal for, for me, besides the attorney saying, uh, you know, they can, they can eat you, but they can't kill you, um, was the, the notion that, uh, you know, opportunities are everywhere. They're around us all the time. There's no lack of resources on this planet. There's 378 trillion in private wealth. So I work a lot with companies raising money and often people will come to me and say there's no money out there and I'm like oh my gosh like 
Just this week, Melissa, I had a guy call me looking for a billion dollar deal outside the United States. Um, and so many people are on a scarcity mentality instead of understanding there is no lack of ideas, information, but they're all connected to people. So it's really important to build a solid foundation. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I was just on the phone with one of my one of my friends and I was like, hey, let me make an introduction for you. And he's like, pretty soon all these introductions are going to add up to something special for you. And I was like, don't worry about it. Like, I'm just doing an introduction because it helps you. It helps me. We're good. Yeah. Well, and research shows, you know, at 150 people, groups fall apart. The Romans had their units in 150 people. And, and oh. there's research that shows we on average know 600 people. But if I ask people, out of those, how many really helped you? It's usually 10 to 12. But really important to have a deep, robust, wide network. So you have links to financial people, political if you're in regulatory industry. Uh, and then you only need really 25 people and you can make anything happen that you need. Indeed. So um, how often do you listen to your inner voice and how accurate has it been when it comes to making decisions? Oh, well, when I was young, I was so naive and talk about bricks to the head. You know, I thought everybody was like me. And uh, I found out there's some pretty bad actors out there, Melissa. And uh, so now I tell people avoid that dark triad of the Machiavellian, the narcissistic, the, the sociopaths. And that's only about 5% of the population. Uh, but it took me a while to figure out I had to look very closely. I remember calling a, a headhunter. Uh, and she places CEO at Fortune 50 companies. And I said, how on earth do you, you know, look at this person, a stranger, and make a determination? Are they good guy, bad guy? And she said, I look at little tiny things they do, like do they park in a handicapped spot and they're not handicapped? Mm -hmm. And I said, really, but really, what is it? And she said, I find references who have known him for 10 to 12 years. Because, you know, some of these people can be very charismatic and, and, they drop a lot of names, appear to be the person that you need. Uh, and I've been whacked up the, the head a couple of times with those situations, and I've just learned. Uh, and if I would have honestly listened to my inner voice, um, certainly with one of those, I would have walked away. So I think it's really important to listen to your, your intuition. Uh, Debbie Reynolds, when she, when she was a youngster, went to a, a director and said, you know, should I be in theaters? Should I be in movies? Should I do TV? And he <laughs> said, listen to your heart. The answer will be perfect. And so, you know, certainly your logic is important. But I'll tell you, Melissa, when I was younger and I worked at Fortune 50 corporations, I'd get a new job offer and I would take a piece of paper and I'd put the pros and the cons and I'd make my decision, I'd get a job, and all the pros would turn into cons. Uh, and I would have to figure out, you know, from a logical standpoint, how to get back on the horse. And so just using logic has its difficulties. Um, there's a good little book out called The Obstacle is the Way. And, and like you, we talked initially before we started you know, the bad things that have happened to me propelled me to higher levels. And so if you get that attitude that uh, felling just moves you to a new level, and as long as you're persistent and patient, you can outdo almost anybody. And research shows that. It is a fact. We've all heard your network is your net worth. What qualities or characteristics do you look for when you bring people into your inner circle? 
Yeah, so I used to say I only wanted people with a good head, a good heart, and a good gut. And I finally boiled it down to, is this person like a Martha Stewart or like an Oprah? Now, they're both billionaires. They're really good at what they do. But if I had to trust my back and my future with someone, it would be Oprah. And so I now have the Oprah. I've heard this. The Oprah Martha test. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, somebody must have stole it from me because <laughs> that's, that's something. And, and I did start talking about it about 10, 10 years ago. So uh, you want people who are going to have your back and have your future. And you want to pay specific attention to how people deal with conflict. And, you know, I will set, I just finished a, a $50 million raise for someone. And, you know, when you, even investors, you need to do due diligence on them. And you want to find out how do they deal with conflict. And the reason you do due diligence is you want to make sure uh, they're not litigious, you know, that they're not bad actors. Because when the honeymoon's on and the investor loves the entrepreneur and everything's going forward, it sounds great. But it's really hard to get out of a, a contract with a, an investor, unlike a bad marriage. And so really important then to have the you know, radar up and listen to your heart and also do due diligence. And that was one of my mistakes. Um, uh, a fellow called me and said, I need $12 million day before yesterday. And I found it for him in three days. And he had told me, you know, I will pay you this much. And then he said, you know, we never had that conversation. Um, and it was a high quality investor. And I called a couple of my friends and I found out they all knew he was a bad actor. So if I would have just asked a few people, I would have found out. So you have to be cautious, but I would also say the majority of people out there are wonderful human beings. Mm -hmm. uh, Warren Buffett says that there's only three characteristics that you look for with connections to yourself. Does a person have you know, high energy? Uh, are they, uh, you know, extra smart and they have expertise? Okay, so well, how do you determine extra smart? By intellectual conversation? Well, look at Trump and any other president, you know. It, it's like you can get to the point that your, your judgment is uh, better at, you know, assessing the person by, uh, you know, the things that they bring up, the examples they bring up. Um, and you know, I've gotten to the point, but of course I'm, I'm 66 of saying, you know, that guy is not the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, uh, and, and so you do, you want, you want to be careful, particularly if you're going to hire a consultant or someone that's going to help you. And it's something just key critical to the success of your business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, mastermind of other people is significant. How often do you meet with yours and what do you discuss? Do you discuss just business or business, personal, horses, financials, all the I don't have a mastermind, but people keep telling me I need to have one. And if I did, I would be on phone calls weekly, <laughs> okay. uh, and, you know, making introductions for people, helping with strategic partnerships. And, and I'm sure I would be talking about my you know, six horses, my 12 chickens in the backyard laying eggs and, and uh, a few cats. But you have uh, kids? I have two, two kids but, and grandkids, so uh, step-grandkids. So anyway. That's awesome. Okay. So money and fulfillment are ultimately things everyone wants. They're also things that make businesses drive. You don't have to wake up and chase money. Why are you alive? What, what is the thing that's driving Judy? 
Yeah. So, you know, initially when you're younger, it is money. It's like you oh, got to yeah. kill it, eat it to keep the lights on, food in the fridge. But uh, as you, you get a little more time and, and effort, uh, expertise under your yourself, then uh, you can start looking at these other things. The thing for me is I love to learn and I love to teach. So I travel the world. I, I do some global um, deals with entrepreneurs. And I also work with countries, helping them build their entrepreneurial ecosystem. And I was so tired of meeting with entrepreneurs that just had brilliant ideas who could not figure out how to get to the right investor. So they're usually in the wrong room. And so, you know, my last book, Crack the Funding Code, is really teaching people a roadmap. And, and there's such a fragmented market. You know, I have people calling me every day looking for a deal and I get emails or LinkedIn messages from people. Oh my gosh, I can't find an investor. And I'm really driven to kind of make the world a better place. I figure it pays for my rent here on earth. Um, and I love entrepreneurs and I love a challenge. You know, people will call me and say, I can't figure this out. I can figure it out. Uh, I love to connect the dots and that's with, you know, people, strategic partnerships, money, uh, love to learn. Um, and then, of course, I, I just really have a lot of joy being in nature. Like day before yesterday, mm. I went out, shoveled two foot of snow uh, away for like 150 feet, and I planted 330 crocuses. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be anticipating beautiful spring flowers. That is awesome. I love that. And I also think that nature has this way of keeping you grounded. Like yes. I have this rule, like you just run outside with bare feet and you just enjoy it or spend as much time near the water. Um, I can say like one of my absolute favorite things was I was in Costa Rica actually like three weeks ago and uh, it was pouring down rain in the jungle and like I was getting a massage. I was like, this could not be more perfect. And people yeah. were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, guys, we're like naked in the jungle. It's pouring down rain. Like, where are you going to find this in the world today? You're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love to go snorkeling and, and scuba diving in Hawaii and Mexico. And, uh, you know, you've, you do have to take time to smell the, the roses. Otherwise, you know, you're, and you've heard this, um, you're not going to say on your deathbed, you know, geez, I should have spent another day at the office. Um, your, your life needs to be with people you love and experiences and, and the challenges you've met, which of course are business. Absolutely. Um, so what habits have you developed on a daily basis to keep you on track to meet your goals? Do you drink water, meditate, yoga? Like, what are you doing? Um, I make sure that I take vitamins and, um, I do drink lots of water. I, I pray. Uh, th this is funny. So, you know, I used to tell people I'm a cross between Utah Mormons and West Virginia Southern Baptist hillbillies. <laughs> and I became CEO of a public company for about 10 years. And I did an acquisition in Germany. And my attorney Rudiger said, you know, Robinette is French. And I said, yes. And he said, you know, you don't look French. You look like you're from Southern Germany or Austria. And I said, really? And I'd done research on my family on my mother's side. But so when I went to West Virginia, I talked to some of my relatives and they said, well, your last name really is Klein, and your grandmother, great-grandmother, as a young woman, worked for this wealthy Jewish family and, and got pregnant as a teenager, and I thought, there is no wealthy Jewish family in Appalachia. Well, I did the DNA test last year, uh, so I just say I'm from really religious folks, Mormons, <laughs> Baptists, Jewish. 
so prayer prayer is really important to me um i'm really glad to go out and do the chores and and give my horses apples in the morning and and feed them their alfalfa and grass hay and let the chickens out of the the coop uh just some daily things like that uh music is really important to me so i always try to listen to some music somebody said to me once what is it you that causes much joy in your life and and so you know i listed three or four things and they said are you doing them daily and i thought aha i will do them daily in the summer i hike and i bike daily um and and i do work out so okay. and and i do learn so i found out to get some curated resources like quartz newsletter that comes out daily that's kind of a global newsletter is one of my favorites um, and McKenzie, so I get some curated information that I try to read through daily so I can stay up on new trends. And I, of course, follow uh, the investment world, and, and there's several uh, good bloggers and, and newsletters that are out there. That's awesome. Okay, so how much of your life is outsourced? You talked about doing the tours for your horses. What about like the garbage, the dishes, the cleaning, the <laughs> all this other kind of stuff? Um, you know, I, I do it because it's not a, a lot of work. I do hire my, my cousin's grandson, who's 18, to shovel snow and, you know, help get the hay in and, and uh, things that are probably a little too much for me. And I do have a horse trainer that uh, is superb, that helps with the horses, takes care of them when I'm away from home. And, and, um, and I do have a social media person that's to die for. When I started, I had 2,000 Twitter followers. I think I'm at 50,000 now. It took me, you know, I wasted $49,000 figuring out how to find oh. her. And oh, my God. This is so much money on Twitter. And, uh, well, I, on marketing and, and trying oh. to do PR. And thankfully, I found Smith Publicity. And uh, Pam, who's my, you know, all things social media. So she takes care of all of that stuff. Um, I bought a $10,000 camera outfit because I love doing videos with family offices and VCs and sovereign wealth funds and just little two to three minute ones that are on LinkedIn. Yeah. And so I have a videographer who, you know, clips and does the audio because uh, I'm not, I would, I'd never, I, maybe I could learn it, but I don't have the time to do that. So I really try to focus on, what is it that I really love to do? And I love doing those interviews because I love being able to teach. And then you meet just, you know, wonderful people just like you do um, on podcasts. And so that's always fun. Absolutely. What do you consider your zone of genius? Like what is the number one thing Judy is a rock star at? Um, relationships. So people will tell me I'm more connected to the universe than anyone they've seen. So someone will call me. Uh, and it's an answer I don't have. And, and I can literally walk into Barnes and Noble and pick up three or four books and open to a page that has something specific. And it doesn't happen like every day. Uh, but connections, you know, come to me. I just had some people call me that's got a brilliant startup. And, and I said, who do you need to see? And they said, Walmart. Well, one of my friends is the vice president of Walmart. You know, another friend is the vice president of Intel. And that's why I'm saying those 25 key people so, and, and so for all your entrepreneurs on here, I'll tell you a story. Uh, Dr. David Beers in Salt Lake has built and sold two oncology products. Um, and the first one, he was only four years into it. He didn't even have a product yet. And he sold it to Montagen, 
in uh, California, Walnut Creek, for $45 million. And I said, David, you know, how do you do this? This is not common in, in life sciences. And he said, I anticipated who the most likely acquirers would be. And I got one person out of each of those companies to sit on an advisory board and with full disclosure and transparency shared with them where we were and they got into a bidding war. Oh, that's and fantastic. so, you know, I tell people you can create luck by how you position yourself. People say, no, you can't. And I'll say, go have someone, you know, lock you up on a train track for 24 hours. That's bad luck, bad positioning. <laughs> um, and, but you can, you know, so your value proposition, put the biggest bow on the package you can. Uh, and so those are just some hints for your folks. I, I love that. Cause it's true. Like when I started this show four years ago, um, before that, I wrote a book about it, which I mentioned to you earlier. And when I wrote the book, I was not a millionaire, but I needed to figure out how to do that. So people thought I was because of what I named the book and who was in it. So it's absolute strategy. And then they're like, oh, she knows everybody that's a millionaire. Well, no, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, but now I do. <laughs> well, well, there's 46 million millionaires. Right. And that's like, so you don't know them all, but but knowing them is good. You know, I'm now friends with several billionaires. And when I grew up, you know, I wasn't poor. My dad was a military guy, but I was bullied and shy in school. I didn't know anybody and I didn't think anybody would want to talk to me. So it's been a long process for me. But you find out that everybody's got problems. Oh, yeah. And their problem is somebody else's solution. So entrepreneurs will come in and go, oh, you know, I'm embarrassed to get up at that angel group or the family office and say, you know, come across like I'm desperate for money. And I said, listen, they're desperate for a deal. You know, what you're doing solves their problem. So last year I was at Pebble Beach with Tencent, you know, a big company out of China. And I met one of the highest level VCs in the world. And I went up to him and talked to him for a couple of minutes. And I said, what do you need? Do you need anything? And he said, I need to find a speaker for an AI conference. I said, happy to help and send him three names. And so when you get brave enough to say, how could I help? And you figure out how to add value. And you can start small and send people books or information, uh, make an introduction, you know, uh, I, I took three people with me to Pebble Beach. Those kind of things really add value. And when you can learn to add value and realize everybody on the planet, as long as their lives got problems. Oh, 100%. I had this kid, um, Eric, he was with me. He was just hosting me at an Airbnb. And he's like, I want to see what you do. <laughs> and I was like, sure, grab a seat. And I showed him straight up, like, this is what we're doing, interviewing millionaires. And he's like... This is, it's that simple? I was like, yeah, did you think you needed to run out and buy a bunch of production equipment? <laughs> like, you don't. Yeah, yeah. Life is so much more simple than that. It's a phone call, it's a text message, it's, it's a thank you note in the mail. It's just letting people in your inner world. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. So those are high touch things. When you let someone into your world, you write them a thank you, uh, you call, offer some kindness, uh, I mean, the most wonderful thing you can do is give people your full attention, really listen and, and get them. Uh, but there's all kinds of other things. One of my friends is John Rulin of Giftology, a wonderful book. You know, he helps clients get in the doors they would never get in using gifts. Uh, I'll recommend him for your show and several other people. <laughs> okay, awesome. 
So final question is, what is the number one thing you would tell people to stop doing today that could dramatically change and impact their life? Uh, fear, dealing with fear. Uh, fear is something that will be with you forever and you need to learn to kick it to the, the curb. The majority of things you worry about never happen in life. Uh, there was a, a elderly woman who said, you know, all of my life I worried I would have five boys with red hair Oh, God. And she said, I never dreamt I would fall through the boards of the church and break both legs. So, uh, you know, you never, you, you never, most of the things that you worry about are never going to come true. Um, always ask for help. So I think the three most powerful words besides I love you is please help me. And people will help you. And research shows if you ask for help, you come across as much more competent. And, and the reason is because the people that are arrogant that never ask their know-it-alls, nobody wants to do business with them. Yeah. It's true. Awesome. So where can people find you or buy your books? So my books are on Amazon. Uh, the first one's How to Be a Power Connector and the second one, Crack the Funding Code. And you can find me on LinkedIn. And my email is judy at judyrobinette.com and no E on the end of Robinette and happy to help. Yes, and she does personally respond to her emails. <laughs> yes, I do, as you found out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I just cold emailed her and she's like, yeah, absolutely. And, and she yeah. does actually help because she introduced me to a family office in New York while she was on a trip to, I don't even know, faraway lands. <laughs> Kiev, probably Kiev, Ukraine. Yes. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I, I, I just spoke in Kiev at the World Economic Forum and Jack Ma was the opening speaker. And Kiev... So Ukraine existed before Russia. I had no idea. Beautiful city. And I had a grand time. That is fantastic. Judy, well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Melissa.